Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time you're listening. I hope you all are having a beautiful start to your 2023. I can't believe we are already in the new year and it's January and it's time for a fresh start. But you know, I've said this before, but I don't really like to subscribe to resolutions. I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think they are good for anyone because they set you up to fail. They put so much unnecessary pressure. So I like to set intentions for the year instead. And I have shared in a couple episodes that I kind of set them in steps. I share a list of intentions for the year. I share a list or share. I create on the notes app on my phone. You could write this out in your planner or however you want to do it. I share or I create a list of goals for myself and I separate it into micro goals and big picture goals. And then I separate it also by category. So personal life, friendships, relationships, business, different categories, whatever you want them to be. And then I make a manifestation list of things I want to manifest in that year. And then I start kind of compiling all of that and creating a word for myself, setting a word for myself for the year that is going to be the intention of the year. And for me this year, that word is presence. And it was part of my words for last year as well. But presence, because I've truly felt in the last couple of months that I'm coming into my own and I shared a couple of weeks ago my experience with developing an abundance mindset and this week I want to talk about forgiveness because I think that is truly the key to unlocking that transformation and that abundance mindset is not just gratitude but also not only being grateful for all opportunities to grow and learn and evolve but also being grateful for your past self and for all that they did to get you to where you are today and forgiving yourself for anything that you feel wasn't the way that you wanted to show up in the world because we're always learning and growing and evolving and we're not always going to get it right and we're going to make mistakes but that doesn't mean that they are failures and I think it's really cool when you get to say you know what I'm proud of you and I love you And I forgive you for whatever it is, you know, and also forgiving the people around you that didn't show up in your life the way that you hoped they would or that you wanted them to. And this is the one that I'm really working on still, you know, forgiving people in my life that I wanted them to be a certain way, but they're not capable or they're not willing to be. And I just need to accept that and keep moving forward with my life because the only person that's hurting is me if I keep hoping for them to be something that they're not or that they're not willing to give me. And I think the easiest way to forgive yourself is to just speak to yourself kindly and literally hug yourself at night and say, I forgive you for whatever it is. Or writing it down in your journal or looking in your mirror and saying, I forgive you And catching yourself when you are talking negatively of yourself or limiting yourself or saying you're not good enough or this or that, you know, or you catch yourself thinking it, stop and say, nope, I forgive you for saying that. 
that is not true. And I think it's just, it's a practice. It's rewiring your brain and the way you speak to yourself because we are the only person that we've got and we hear ourselves more than anybody else. And, you know, your thoughts, you're internalizing all of that. And I think just being conscious of it a little bit more and forgiving yourself when you catch yourself doing those things and then forgiving the people around you for not being what you wanted them to be takes you so, so far. And then, of course, you start practicing gratitude and you work your way towards an abundance mindset like I talked about. But there's just so much power in forgiveness and acceptance and just accepting that you didn't have it all figured out and that's okay and you're not supposed to and that this year is a new year and there's a blank slate it's a new chapter in a book so many days to come full of opportunities and experiences and people that are going to bring something of value to your life and teach you something and let go of the expectations that you're supposed to be somewhere because it's this year now and because you're this old or you're this career or whatever it is don't put those pressures on yourself and i think if we all try to forgive ourselves for not being where we wanted to be right now and just accepting that we are on our own timeline we are on our own path and we don't know what's out there we don't know what's to come but we're trusting that it's the right thing for us because what is meant for us will come and learning to forgive our younger self and listen to her to her if you're a girl or to him or to whoever you know talk to your inner child and you know tell her that i'm gonna say her because i'm a female she her pronouns but you know tell her like i'm proud of you and i'm happy for you and look at all the things that you're going to accomplish look at all the things that you have accomplished and forgive yourself for all the things that you think you should have accomplished that you didn't because there's no shoulds here there's no have tos you get to And I think that's really beautiful. And I think this is the perfect intro for this week's episode because I have the girls of Because We Went to Therapy on Emily, who is a therapist, and Ashley, who is a fitness instructor. And they talk about mental health and wellness on their show. I think it's really cool to see two girls that are around my age showing up for themselves in the best way and doing the work and sharing it because they have their own podcast because we went to therapy and I was a guest on their show so I'll link it down below for you guys for you to check out and we dive into my my experience with therapy and a whole lot more but I think there's just so much good stuff in this episode for you guys and I look forward to the feedback and having them be a part of the let's get candid community because there's so much greatness to be done and i think like i said forgiveness and gratitude and just healing your inner child and showing up in the best way for yourself is the key to honestly everything i think it's just a really good time to be having these conversations and 
to be tapping into our wellness and our mental health and setting up new habits and intentions for ourselves in the new year. I think it's really cool to start a new year with a clean slate, but not like we're not throwing away last year and the years before that. You know, people say clean slate, fresh start, letting go of the bad, you wash away the bad, but no, don't wash it away. Sit with it, acknowledge it, take what you need to take from it, take in those lessons, and then forgive yourself for thinking that you need to do more than what you did in the last year because you're exactly where you're meant to be right now. And I think once you start forgiving yourself, it becomes a little bit easier to speak kindlier to yourself and to practice gratitude, like I said. And, you know, when you start forgiving yourself, you start forgiving others around you when they make mistakes because they didn't show up the way that you wanted to. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. I keep saying that and I keep hearing myself say that and it's just, that's where I'm at. And that's something that I really want to work on this year. And I'm considering going back to therapy. And I talk a lot about my experience with therapy in this episode. But, you know, I I took a break after the bar exam. Or, like, right before the bar exam, I stopped going. So it's been about six months. And I think it was really good for me to take that break. And I've been on a really big transformational journey in these last six months. Not having gone to therapy. But I think I might go back, at least not right now, but soon. Um, Because I I really do want to work on forgiving others. Because it, it just allows you to be more at peace. And I find myself, you know, when there's no drama going on in my life or shenanigans, I like try to create it in my head because I want you know, to fight. I want that defense mechanism to come back because it's what I'm comfortable. And I want to let go of that and forgive myself for always trying to cause drama and start drama within myself. I don't do it with outside. Like I don't create drama intentionally for people, but I create drama in my own life because, you know, it feels safe, the chaos. And I want to forgive myself for that. And I want to, you know, tell myself that you don't need to do that because when things are going really well that's a good thing that means that you've grown and evolved and you've you know you're you're coming into your own and you don't need chaos anymore like you're you know you you're 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 in a good place enjoy it and i want to forgive myself for that and i want to forgive myself for the people that i keep kind of bringing into the drama that i create in my head because that's probably hurting them subconsciously or on some weird universal level, you know, to constantly be wishing them badly or thinking of them the way that I am in my head. So that's something that I want to work on this year and, you know, just being kinder to myself. But in order to do that, I need to forgive myself and forgive others And I wanted to share that with you guys. And I know this intro is getting a little long again. (laughs) I love to ramble. But, you know, it's really cool to see how far I've come. And to be really proud of my growth. And recognize there's still so much more to do. 
and I'm really excited for this new year of doing that with you guys every single week on the podcast and sharing these intros and just you guys getting to see me evolve alongside you guys and your messages every week when something resonates really does mean the absolute world. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode and you enjoy the girls of Because We Went to Therapy because I think there's so much great value here and if you're looking for a new therapist, check them out, check out their resources and you know, fingers crossed you in the new year getting some podcast sponsorships and I would love to have a sponsor that is a mental health provider because that would be not only full circle but also a testament to the power of podcasts and the power of doing the work. And I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you guys all when I get back from Ecuador next week. And actually, no, I won't. I will still be in Ecuador in next week's episode, but in two weeks from this episode, I will be back in real time. But I hope you guys enjoyed these pre-recorded episodes. And as always, thank you guys so, so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me to get all your support, your feedback, your comments, your messages. When you guys screenshot and tag us on stories, it really does light up my day. So thank you guys so, so much. Please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend. And I am so grateful to have you guys here for another year of Let's Get Candid. And I will talk to you guys all next week. Meet Emily and Ashley. So Emily, Ashley, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? And you can do this individually or from like the, because we went to therapy perspective, however you want to do it. So Emma, I can go first. Um, So I actually deleted my social media at the beginning of 2021. And originally I was only going to do it for a month, like the month of January, because I was like, I spend way too much time on social media. I didn't even post that much, honestly, but like I was just straight up addicted and I was using it as a coping mechanism for my anxiety, honestly, just like constantly distracting myself. So I feel like since then I've totally changed my life, like with therapy, my profession, the state I live in, everything. So I feel like if you were to look at my social media as it was like when I left it at the end of 2020, you would have no idea that I'm a fitness instructor now. That's like my profession. That's what I do because I was not fit in any way, shape or form. I didn't work out. I didn't belong to a gym. The only exercise I did was walking, which is totally fine. Like that's just where I was in life. But yeah, it's so interesting for me talking to people now or friends that I haven't seen in a little while that I've reconnected with. And they're like, oh yeah, I haven't seen you on Instagram or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm a cycle instructor now. And they're like, hold up what like I had, you know, I've known you for 15 years. I had no idea you were interested in that. So that's probably something people wouldn't know about me from just glancing at my social media. That's a good one. I think for me, I mean, like my close friends know this and I mentioned it once on the podcast, I think, but haven't done a full episode on it yet, but I've been in eating disorder recovery for about three years now. I started it and I went to treatment in 2019 to 2020. Um, but yeah, I've been in recovery ever since. That's awesome. Congrats. Um, and yeah, Thanks. touch on that a little bit, um, just each of your stories. And but first, where did Because We Went to Therapy come about? Why did you guys start a podcast and why mental health and 
and therapy and everything that you guys talk about. And I'm, I'm so glad you do. I think it's super important that more people are talking about this. Yeah, where did it all come from? Um, I So actually, we started bouncing the idea off each other probably like six or eight months ago. We've been recording for about two months now since the beginning of 2022. Um, but Emily is a therapist. She lives in Arizona. We went to college together at the University of Illinois. And I was working a corporate job. I have a business degree, but I've always been really passionate about mental health and interested in like psychology and human behavior. So Emily and I would always be texting about like pop culture, mental health stuff that was going on and stuff we would see. And I don't even know who brought it up first. And I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but we were like, we should have a podcast. I, I think, think it was you. Really joking. Yeah, because it seems like, yeah, everybody has a podcast. So we were just kind of joking and then eventually at the beginning of 2022 we kept talking about it and we don't see each other in person all that often since I live in Wisconsin she's in Arizona and eventually we're like screw it like let's just do it let's just it, it was really scary we were so scared and we started recording <laughs> it but we're like this is important yeah that's a yeah, buddy to have and like just start, like you said, just start it. Like, who cares? Just go for it. And it, like, it's only been two months, but like you guys can, I can tell you guys like really love it. And it, it is so important that you guys are doing this. So I'm glad you guys started. We love it. And I think for, as a therapist, like I do one-on-one therapy, uh, which obviously is great, but I also wanted to talk more about it just generally. Right. And so to have a podcast where we can just talk about like whatever whatever we want right and like whatever we feel is important and like getting to interview um really awesome people just having a different way to talk about mental health than just you know one-on-one with my client I thought that was something I really wanted to do yeah I I love that and I think I don't know if you guys feel this way especially you Emily but for me being on the podcast mic whether it's with a guest or a solo episode it's like therapy. It's another way of me, like stream of consciousness, like kind of journaling audibly, like getting my thoughts out. And I love getting to meet people and connect with people and talk to people that like, yeah, like you said, you guys don't see each other that often. You live in two different states. I'm in a third state and like, we don't be together to, to connect. And I think that's the beauty of social media. And I think the podcast medium as a whole, and that's why I love it so much because it's a way to connect with people without having to be in the same room, but like, it feels like you are. And so I love, and I think super important that you mentioned that too, like one-on-one therapy is great, but like not everyone can afford it or wants to go to therapy. And I think everyone should at some point in their life at least once go to therapy and give it a real shot. But if you're not ready to yet or unable, or you're taking a therapy break, having a podcast like this where you can still go through the process and work through things whether but it's not your own experience being talked about it's someone else's it, it's still therapy for you even listening so yeah Ashley can you talk a little bit about leaving corporate America and deciding to become a fitness instructor and how that kind of came about and because you said like people are like shocked now that you would yeah <laughs> where did that come from Yeah, absolutely. So in college, I was an agricultural economics major. It's just basically like food business. And I essentially had like no idea what I wanted to do in college. I grew up in a really small farm town. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do food business just because like, I honestly hadn't really found my personal interest yet. And I was always just like, I need to graduate 
work at a really big company, make a lot of money and just like, that's how I'll be successful. That's how I define success in my mind. Cause that's how I always saw it. Like in pop culture, like the rich people are who's successful. And that's always what I saw just with like in the adults around me and our business school at University of Illinois was really competitive. It was like one of the best in the country. So all these people are wanting to go, you know, to like the big four accounting firms and things like that. So as soon as I graduated, I worked at Union Pacific in Omaha, Nebraska, and I worked in a logistics type role. And it was technically an eight to five job salaried, but I was working like 60 hours a week. I was forced to work holidays. I never saw my family because I'm from Illinois originally and I wasn't able to go home for the holidays. I was stuck in Omaha and it was so stressful. Like, you know, we would be talking to customers that would just be so, so rude to us. And everyone was constantly essentially grinding, like trying to work their way up and get that bigger bonus. And we were all like ranked against each other. I mean, they would literally throw up stats on like the shared TV screen every morning. Yeah. Like showing our metrics of like, this is how many like tasks that person finished yesterday. So it was just very competitive. And I saw people getting burnt out all the time and having all these health issues. And at the time I wasn't in therapy, but I desperately needed it. I was just so burnt out. I was crying all the time. I would cry on my lunch break. I would cry in the bathroom. I would cry at my desk. Like I was just so anxious all the time. I never wanted to go to work. And on the weekends and at night, I was just dead because I was so, so just like utterly emotionally and physically exhausted. I wasn't taking care of myself at all in terms of working out, self-care, eating. I was literally like in survival mode. So I actually ended up getting to the point where I just quit and I moved home with my parents after like 18 months there, I believe. And I moved back to the small town in Illinois. had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like so ashamed and so, so embarrassed Like, I didn't want to tell anybody. All my close friends knew, but I never wanted to hang out with anybody or meet new people. Because, you know, the first thing that happens when you meet somebody is they say, what do you do? And it's like, uh, you know, I'm on a break. Like, I worked for a couple years. Now I'm kind of in a gap year. And I kept applying and interviewing for all these jobs. And I was offered some, but I was like, I'm going to be miserable. It's just like the same shit with a different title. And basically, I just like fell into a really bad depression. My mental health was shit. My physical health was really bad. You know, we kind of talked about like the mind-body connection, Kayla. Like when your mind is not right, your body starts to feel it too with like aches and pains and your immune system can get compromised and all these different things. So I was at home for about a year. I started going to see a therapist there and just kind of figuring out like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Because I know this is not it. And eventually my boyfriend lived, moved to Milwaukee at the beginning of 2020. So I didn't have a job yet. And I was basically like, screw it. Like, 
I'm just going to move up there too. And I'll figure it out as I go. And of course, like that's when COVID happened. Like I moved in March of 2020 and that like a week later, everything shut down. And I actually did get a job at a food company, like a snack nut company in Milwaukee. And originally it was just supposed to be a temp job. Like I was just covering for somebody doing logistics that was on maternity leave. And they ended up hiring me full time. And I was there for about two years. And it was just not fulfilling to me at all. I mean, it was a paycheck, but I was constantly asking for more. There was like no professional development. I was just like bored to tears and I was tired of commuting 25 minutes each way. And I started going to therapy up here and like my depression just like kept coming back in waves. So I was going to like intensive therapy twice a week, just trying to figure out like, is it me? Is it my job? Is it corporate America? Like what the heck is going on here? And eventually I promise this is all connected, but I (laughs) I couldn't figure out like what exactly it was in therapy. And, you know, I did uncover, like I was working like with trauma therapy and all these different things. But eventually my therapist was like, maybe you just need to be on an antidepressant. Like maybe you should try working with your uh, GP and just seeing like if, if it's just a chemical imbalance, like we can do so much work in here through talk therapy, but maybe you just need a little something extra and that's okay. So I actually started on Prozac not that long after that. And since I started Prozac, I had so much more motivation. I was just feeling so much better after a couple months. And one of my goals, like every, you know, New Year's resolution, I was like, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose some weight. Like I'm going to finally feel good about my body. And so at the beginning of 2021, gyms were starting to open back up after quarantine. I got a gym membership with my boyfriend. We started going and taking all these different classes that they offered. And I met one of my good friends, Annabelle there, and she was a cycle instructor and a trainer. And after taking her classes for a couple months, she was like, you would be a really good cycle instructor. Like you are pretty skilled at it. And I was really, you know, I was a dancer all growing up. So I have like that rhythmic background and movement. And she was like, if you want to do it, like I'll train you, I'll help you. And literally like two days before I wrote down, one of my goals was to become a fitness instructor. And she just happened to mention something to me right after that. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Like I manifested this and she (laughs) trained me and I became um, licensed and certified to be a group fitness instructor. And eventually after a couple months of doing that and like my regular eight to five job was just going nowhere, I just quit. And I'm just focusing on, you know, the fitness role full time. And I'm also getting certified to teach bar classes as well. And I'm going back um, to school online at the University of Pennsylvania for an applied psychology program certification to kind of help out like with the podcast as well because once I quit my 
job is when I was we were able to start the podcast because I had all this extra time to help like dedicate to it so yeah it's been a wild ride and I never would have thought like two years ago if you would have told me I would have worked at a gym I would have been like yeah right like I don't I barely I can't even walk on a treadmill (laughs) like I hate cardio it's you were like, you said, like, you stopped to say, like, I promise this is all connected. And I was like, no, keep going. Because it's funny, people are like, they look at my resume, and they look at all the things that I'm doing. They're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you're a lawyer, but you're on social media, and you're this, and you're this. And it's like, when they all, like, when you are passionate about every single one, or it serves a bigger purpose in your life, there's a common line, like a common thread that like, it connects the dots, even if it doesn't seem. Mm -hmm. And life is not linear like this is a perfect example life is not linear it's not meant to be because if it is it's boring you're you're just going on a predetermined path and you're not doing the things that really make you happier that you really want to do so I think it's actually really great that you know that you went through all those ups and downs because it led you to where you are today and I want to talk a little bit about you know going back to school for the applied psychology degree in a little bit but I think it's really important that you you said that even like, even just like as a, almost a backhanded, backhanded compliment to yourself. Cause it's like, no, like it, it, it's okay that it doesn't seem like it's all connected. Cause that's the beauty of life. It's not all supposed to be connected, but if it's meant to work out, it, it will. So mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's a great story too, that just, you know, it's okay to not be happy at your nine to five job. It's okay to not love what you're doing at work, even though that's what you always expected that you would be doing or what you thought you were going to do based based on your degree, that it led you to, to therapy, which was a great thing. It led you to Milwaukee. It led you to, you know, going off on your own and figuring out like something that really does make you happy and inspires you. And it led you to a podcast, which is a great resource, not just for yourself, but like for the people listening so no I'm really glad that it, it all worked out the way that it did because it, it, it's just that that's your story and like that's just that's just what it is so Emily how about you why why mental health why did you decide to become a therapist um did you always know you wanted to be a therapist like how did that happen for you yeah no I definitely didn't always know I wanted to be a therapist I knew I always wanted to be in the helping professions I actually went to uh, I started U of I as an education major elementary education and they don't let you um, switch your major until a year in which is really annoying because I had to take education classes knowing I did a student um, internship my senior year of high school and I realized teaching is not for me like shout out to all the teachers out there because I just couldn't do it and so I was lucky to have that experience to know that I didn't want to do teaching before I started college but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just started to, I was a communications major. That's what I switched to. Cause I was like, that's broad, right? Like that'll, <laughs> uh, maybe it'll, I'll help figure out what I want to do. And I, um, I added psychology as a major after taking um, abnormal psychology. Cause I was so fascinated by the things I was learning in that class. So I decided to add a second major of psychology. And so I was always interested in psychology, but I actually had no idea. Like when I, senior year rolled around, I started applying to grad schools just to kind of, you know, figure it out. But I was also applying to jobs. And I actually got a job in corporate America um, that ended up turning down because my mental health was also in the tank because of a toxic relationship I had in college. So I, my parents had moved to Arizona two years prior to me graduating 
Jordan City Mall, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go there and I'll figure it out once I get there. Um, and I took a gap year and I nannied. And about like halfway through my gap year, I was like, you know what? Like I love psychology. I love, I'm so fascinated by human behavior. And I grew up like, I just feel like we all grew up in a world that where like mental health wasn't talked about. And like, we didn't talk about it in my family and my family has hella mental health problems. So it was just like, okay, I want to, right. I want to go and go back to school and learn more about how to, how to help people. And um, I actually, when you're in a therapy grad program, they basically like, you can't force it obviously, but they're basically like, you need to go get your own therapy. And I had, never been to therapy before like ever in my life and so which is kind of crazy because most people are like you started therapy school or grad school without ever going to therapy but I was like yeah I I don't know I suppressed my trauma for 12 years like I had childhood trauma um and so that's probably like why I didn't want to go um go to therapy because I didn't want to have to talk about what happened to me I feel you on that for sure yeah yeah and so but then like I once I was in grad school, like uh, mental health school, I don't know why I can't like think of the <laughs> right way to think it, but the like, grad school for mental health, like it turns your world upside down because not only are they asking you to like learn about all these different types of mental health concerns, but they're also asking you to like unpeel the layers of yourself because that is, you know, like my job is me, right? Like I, uh, and I feel like most people's jobs are right, but like I really not only do I have to like know like the theories right of psychotherapy but I also have to know how to like relate to people and how to use myself as a tool for change right for people um and so I went to therapy and she my therapist was like after like two weeks she was like you have PTSD and an eating disorder and I was like oh cool I didn't know (laughs) and I was like I'm a therapist and I didn't know or I was a therapist in training and I didn't know that I had these things but then like a couple months in she was like I think you need a higher level of care um, because my PTSD symptoms and my eating disorder were really bad and this is all while I was in school I was in a new relationship with my now fiance um, and so they're going to treatment like saved my life I was in treatment for about like nine months and it definitely saved my life because it was there's so much going on at that year in my life and then at the end of obviously at the end of 2019 the beginning of 2020 is when COVID hit so there's just like a lot happening and I'm so thankful that I went to therapy and I'm so thankful that I am a therapist that I get to like be in the presence of helping people heal and helping change and yeah so I didn't always know I wanted to do that but I literally couldn't imagine doing anything else Yeah, no, I think it's really important what you said too. Not just that you discovered those things about yourself while you were studying to be a therapist, which in and of itself is really cool. And I want to talk about, but I think also that you, how you approach therapy, what you said, you know, I, I have to be myself, the tool for change. I have to be able to relate to people. And I think that is not, not every therapist has that approach. And I think that is why mental health and therapy has such a negative connotation because it's like you just go into a room and someone's writing notes and you're talking and it's like it's not personal and I really struggled with that the first nine ten years of going to therapy because it was like I'm just a case study and like this isn't I would lie and say that I was okay so I would get to stop going this isn't helping anybody like I don't want to tell you my problems because you're just you're not even talking to me like a person 
Yeah. But when I found a therapist in law school who was closer to my age and a lot more warm and friendly and fun, like as fun as therapy can be, but like, <laughs> you know, like she related to me. She used her own examples to work with me. I was like, oh, okay, like this isn't so bad. Like, why was I so afraid of this all along? Like, yeah. this is super helpful. Like, I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm growing and I'm really thankful that I stuck to therapy because I wouldn't be where I'm at today and therapy saved my life as well like I would not literally not be here had I not gone to therapy and I would not have gone to therapy had I gone to law school so I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's really important to note that not every therapist is the right fit for you because of their approach and like it's a personal thing for them as well like how they want to approach it as a therapist so I think it takes time to find the right fit but I'm glad you about that. I think that's a really good point that sometimes you do have to shop around to find a therapist that fits and there's nothing wrong with that because not every therapist is going to be your cup of tea and I think like finding a therapist that fits your style because I joke like I'm not a traditional therapist like obviously like I follow the ethics and the laws and all that good stuff but I the best advice I ever got in grad school from my favorite professor was like do not like wear a therapist hat like wear just your own like Emily hat because that's going to be the best that's going to be how you're going to be the best therapist that you can be if you're being in my opinion if you're being yourself and not robotic and not um it's just like taking notes behind a computer screen or on a notepad and actually my friend who's a therapist and I were talking about this yesterday I think there's a new wave of therapists that are coming and they're a lot less um robotic and a lot more like humanistic and they focus more on just being themselves and I mean I personally love that and I think I mean my clients keep coming back so I think they like that too but yeah I think it's just like how mental health is changing I think also like the kind of like the rules like unspoken rules for being a therapist are also changing and I love that because I have a therapist who I mean he dresses so casually he eats pop tarts during our sessions like and he's the greatest like he's uh He's who I aspire to be. And so I love it. I love that advice. Be be Emily. Don't just be a therapist when you're mm-hmm. therapy. I think that's such a great, great advice. I love that you said that for anyone who is pursuing being a mental health counselor or a therapist. Same with law. There is a new wave of legal professionals entering the workforce and the legal profession. And my generation, especially, we are we are the generation that COVID like COVID hit with you or one else, our first year of law school. So our entire law school experience has been affected by COVID and the, the shift and the wave of mental health focus and all of that. So I think as my generation of law students enters the workforce, between my class and like the two classes above me and the two classes below me, I think that like section of us, like I think the legal profession is shifting as well. So I think it's a good time to, like we were talking about this in your podcast, it's a good time to be entering corporate America or just any profession in general because mental health is being more focused on and more talked about. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's really important for me as a lawyer too. Like I need to show up as myself, as Kayla, because that's who's going to get the job done and that's who people want to work with. That's who's going to help provide the services that, I'm providing not doing them as a lawyer or as an influencer like you know they like with influencing like I was like what content do I create how do I grow how do I do this and it's like I share my life online how 
what you see is what you get. Like that, that is who I am. 100% online is who I am offline. Of course, I don't show everything for safety reasons, but like what I'm showing you online, I don't sugarcoat that at all. And I'm showing up as me authentically myself. And that's what my audience is gravitating towards. Your clients go to you because you're Emily. People want to take your classes actually because it's who you are when you're teaching. Like, you know, so I think that's a great, great point that everyone can kind of take for themselves. Can you talk a little bit about the process, Emily, of applying to grad school for mental health? Um, Because I've talked about the law school application process. We've talked about the med school process on this podcast as well. I'm curious, especially someone who did it non-traditional in the sense that you took a gap year and went back to school and then actually talk a little bit about going back to school for applied psychology as well. Definitely. Yeah. So it is kind of like the non-traditional to take a gap year. And I had a lot of like, we've talked about this on our podcast, but I had a lot of um, self-esteem issues by doing that. I moved back in with my parents. I was nannying. I didn't think that was um, quote unquote good enough right at the time. And so I had taken the GRE my senior year of college because I had kind of wanted to go to grad school. So like, thankfully I didn't have to like study for that again, just start applying to schools. Um, But like the the answer, the questions are probably the same for like most programs. Like, why do you want to do this? Right. And I mentioned this on, um, I think the first episode of the podcast, I'm not sure of our podcast, but I just wrote the, like the cheesy, like, I just want to help people line. Right. And while that's not untrue, it's like the reason I'm a therapist is so much greater than just trying to help people. Right. Like I really want to make a change on how, um, how people approach their mental health and change how, we view mental health in general. But yeah, applying to schools was like challenging because you're literally writing three essays for each school, like a diversity statement, why you want to do this. And I can't remember the third one, but I know there were three essays for most schools. And it was, again, like, I just want to help people. I just want to help people. And like, I really feel a lot of people probably gave that answer because like you had said, like on our podcast about how your um why what you want to do with your law degree has shifted I really feel like that's the same case for like when you're applying to any kind of um higher education after college it's like well I don't really know I know I'm interested in this I want to do this right I want to get this degree but why I want to do this has shifted and so I always like joke about like yeah I applied to grad school on that I just want to help people but that's definitely changed yeah so before Ashley goes I want to say something about that so I actually talked about this on my podcast and I have a whole blog post on it and it's something I want to help more people with like admission to law school and like that kind of stuff and just grad school in general like as a consultant again um I my why didn't shift it's how I'm going to do it and like my career path it has shifted but I think the why has always been that I like I want to inspire people and I want to help people um, similar to you, but how I go about that is is different. I started off, you know, wanted to be a lawyer for a lifestyle company in-house, even real estate. And now I get to help, my goal is to help influencers make social media business and make sure they're legally protected. But it's because I want to help people and I want to inspire people to achieve their goals and achieve their dreams. But, but the why is still the same. And it's the same why for why I started the podcast is because I want to help people and inspire people. And again, that common thread that I was talking about earlier, like it's all connected. And I think I I talk about this a lot. Like we had to write a personal statement and a diversity statement as well for law school. And 
I'm in people they're all yeah it's like why do you want to be a lawyer why do you want to study this and it's like don't just give a can I want to be a lawyer because I want to defend people that have been you know served in justice by the criminal justice system okay that's great but like how are you going to do that how is being a lawyer going to allow you to do that what are you going to get out of law school what is law school going to give you what are you yeah law school like there's a lot more you need to like uncover there and that's what's going to make you stand out because everyone's saying the same thing but how are you saying it differently that is like we want this person here this person's going to add value to this program because they're building a class based off of how well they think you're going to work together as well right um so i'm i'm glad you brought that up i think you know yes tr- be honest you want to help people but like how are you going to use your degree to help people? How are you going to do it? What are you going to get out of going through this program? Not just financially or career-wise, but like as a person. And I think when you make that your own and it's a unique story, I think that's what is like, oh, like we want this person here, especially if your grades or your GRE or your LSAT or MCAT or whatever school exam you take, if your grades and your GPA aren't there, your letters of recommendation and your essays are is what's going to get you in and you want to make like the best example for yourself from day one because that's the first first impression that they get and first impressions are important you can change them but they are important um so i'm glad you brought that up ashley can you talk a little bit about going back to school a few years out and for applied psychology and what that process has been like So it's kind of been a long winding road for myself. I always thought, so I graduated from undergrad in May 2017. And I always thought like, I'm going to go back to school and get my MBA one day because I just figured I'm going to stay in business. And that's like the typical thing you do, especially if you work at a big company, like if you want that pay bump five to 10 years out of college, you go get your MBA. And I was always researching programs and I was like, I really don't want to do this because it's obviously very numbers based, like with business type classes. And I'm, I've always been really terrible at math and just like none of the classes ever really sounded that appealing to me. So once I probably about a year ago at this point, I started realizing I was so interested in psychology and human behavior. And this is way before we ever started talking about the podcast and also before I started becoming a fitness instructor. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to school to be a therapist because I didn't know if I could emotionally handle that. I feel like it's a very emotionally exhaustive job. Like, hearing about other people's problems and issues and I was like I don't know if I myself could handle doing that full-time and also obviously going back to school is such a huge undertaking not just time but also money and if you have to take tests like the GRE to get in so I just started looking at online programs and I was like okay I'm interested in psychology I took a psychology class in college but I I was like hungover every time I went. I wasn't super interested in it at the time. It was just like a gen ed. So I applied at the University of Wisconsin-Madison because I got in-state tuition living here. And I just took an online class. Basically, I was accepted as, it's called something like adult continuing education. I just took 
the basic psychology, like three credit hour class over the summer last summer. And I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know you could just apply to a school and basically like send your transcripts and prove that you live in state and just like take one-off classes. Like I could have taken any class that the university offered. I had no idea that you could do that without being in a program. Yeah, it was really interesting. Ever, but like there's some classes that like, especially in law school, I'm sure it's different, but like, some schools are starting to get, you know, fashion law and sports law and entertainment law. I took entertainment law, but like influencer marketing law, like undergrad classes are for fashion merchandising. And like, I love to learn. So like, I wish I, I could, I would, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can, because it's like a low commitment way you don't have to commit to a program. I mean, obviously there's a cost associated with it, but it's a lot cheaper to figure, to, to take one class and figure out that's not what you want to do with your life and you're not locked in like you could take the one class and be done if you want to and the grade you get isn't for it's not doesn't matter anymore you're not graduating right for fun exactly so after I took that class I figured out okay like this is definitely something I'm interested in but there's not really a lot of mental health type jobs that I could find that aren't you know being a licensed therapist or counselor or going to med school or something to like be a psychologist. So I'm like constantly looking up. I thought for a while, maybe I wanted to be a master's in public health because I wanted to do something with like mental health awareness with public health because I wanted to do something to promote, you know, knowledge about therapy and different mental health conditions. But there's very, very few programs out there that offer that. And a lot of them, you have to have a little bit of work experience working in mental health, which I didn't have. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just not going to find something to do. And then I, you know, just like kept searching. And then I found through the University of Pennsylvania, they had, I think I saw like a video about applied positive psychology that they had on YouTube or something. And then I looked up the school of psychology at that college and I was like, oh, they have a certificate program that you could do online kind of at your own pace. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm just, there was like low barrier to entry. All I had to do is get my transcripts from U of I and send them over and it was like $10 or something. And I got accepted. And I was like, this is perfect. Because now I'm doing the podcast. It's something that I can, you know, knowledge that I can tangibly use in the podcast to actually help people. And it's also not the huge commitment for myself, like going to a full-time grad school program is, but it's still like at a great university. It's something that's really, really interesting to me. And then, I mean, who knows where that'll lead to after I take a couple classes, because I've just kind of scrapped like the five-year plan. Whenever anybody asks me my five-year plan, I'm like, I have no idea. Like, we'll just see when we get there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we have to scrap. If the last couple of years taught us anything, we really just never know what's going to happen. And the whole, like one of the biggest themes on my podcast is non-linear paths which is both of all of us have non-linear paths like we all just kind of went with it and here and there took pieces of each experience and made what we're doing now and that could change tomorrow because something could happen Mm -hmm. we just don't know but I think it's really great that you went back to school and you followed your passion 
and you know you don't know where it will lead but you're getting so much out of it that can take you in so many different directions and going back to earlier like you said you know you were so miserable you were crying every day going to work like that version you would not have expected where you are today but it led you to where you are today so you never really know what could happen tomorrow um and one thing you brought up you didn't think you had the emotional wherewithal to really be a therapist yourself so can you talk a little bit about that Emily like the that aspect of being a therapist and a counselor managing your own emotions and your experiences when you are helping someone as a therapist, especially because you said that you go to therapy yourself and you wouldn't be able to be a therapist if you didn't go to therapy yourself. How do you navigate and manage your own emotions and emotional responses to what's what you're talking about with your client? Yeah. Um, so definitely therapy. And also what the two of you were talking about, about living with uncertainty and not having a plan is something I like, probably like the number one thing I try to help my clients navigate, right, is living with uncertainty, especially like in the pandemic world that we are in and just everything else. But you know, a lot, I think there's like a misconception around what therapists do. Um, and not like you guys have it, but just in general, because people are always like, how do you just sit there and listen to people's problems all day long? Right. And like, for me, sure, that's hard. Like some of the stories that I hear are absolutely heartbreaking. And also like knowing that you're not just listening to people's problems, like I'm helping them change what's happening in their life, right? And helping them make better choices for themselves or helping them decide like what what they want to do with their lives, right? Or helping them heal from their trauma. Like it's not just listening. And yes, listening is a really important part of my job. But I think for me, knowing that I'm helping them make their lives, um, I'm helping them live the lives that they want to live, right? And like heal from their past trauma and not just listening, but being an active agent of change in somebody's life. That's what fills up my cup. And that's why I do what I do. And of course, like just listening and giving empathy, right? Like we live in a world that like doesn't give empathy ever, right? And so to be able to give somebody empathy and give somebody a space, like because people are also like the world's burning. How do you like, what's the point of your job when everything is just going to be shit tomorrow anyways, right? And it's like, sure, like the world's always going to be on fire, but like being able to provide like a space for somebody to just come and just be unapologetically themselves and just cry if they need to cry or do whatever they need to scream, right? Be angry, whatever they need to do. Like that, that fills my cup, right? And sure, it's, it's hard and it's emotionally draining and therapy and like taking care of myself is I have to do that. Otherwise I couldn't do this job because therapist burnout rate is so high but so I need to make sure that I'm not burning out but yeah like what I was saying just being able to be an agent of change for somebody is really is really important to me um and it's how I you know I get past hearing all the hard stuff and yeah no I love that and I'm, I'm glad you brought up like the world being on fire because the world is always going to be on fire but like we cannot live with that mentality of like the world's right. going to go to shit. So like, we're just going to go to shit with it. No, like if the world goes to shit tomorrow, you want to be able to like die knowing you did your best. And like you tried and you, you, you died doing what you loved and you were happy and fulfilled. So like not to get like super morbid, but it's true. Like we have to, like, we have to just, you know, keep doing the things that are going to make us happy and fulfilled. And when it's our time to go, it's our time to go. But like the world isn't going to stop burning, but we can't burn with it. No. Like We have to 
keep focusing on ourselves because we still like until it's our time we're still here so like if you're living with that mentality then you're just never gonna be happy and and a lot of too many people live their lives that way and it's just I I learned that very early on in law school like I refuse to to live my life the way that other people around me are living it just for the sake of it whether that's that mentality or law school or being a lawyer or whatever so I'm glad you brought that up and yeah you can't pour from an empty cup so I'm glad you 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 brought that up too and you mentioned the high burnout rate for your profession which is similar to my profession how do you navigate burnout like some tangible tips for people but also like you yourself both of you how do you guys you know, take care of yourselves, prioritize you as people, you know, self-care practices, tools in your toolbox, and Emily, like tips that you give your clients to, to navigate when they are, their anxiety or their depression or their mental health is just at their, they're at their breaking point. What are some, some self-care tools that you recommend? So something that I think is really important is that once you get to like a medical burnout is now a medical condition being recognized as a medical condition which I think is sad but also great that we're recognizing it as a serious medical and mental health issue but you don't want to get to that point right which is why like people can't do self-care when they're already on fire it's not going to work like self-care has to be something that you incorporate into your life every single day like I call it maintenance you have to have the maintenance self-care because that's going to be preventable to getting to the level of burnout that is where you have to like remove the you have to quit your job right or you have to like get a divorce whatever is happening in your life because you have to remove the thing that's causing you to be burnt out if you get to that level which is why if you don't want to get to that level right if you don't want to quit your job or end your relationship or whatever it is, you have to be taking care of yourself every single day and like making time for it. like people tell me like, I don't have time for it. I'm like, we got to find the time, right? Like let's work together to find the time. You have to make it. It's yeah. not, not going to magically appear. Like you have to make time. Yeah. And you have to do the things that fill up your cup. Like Ashley and I were talking in our podcast last week, like hanging out with our friends is something that fills up our cup and also having a a morning routine and a night routine like I and like I'm not trying to be that girl on TikTok but like I really can't I hate that we have to explain that because that is I know think of now but like there is such a thing of having a routine that isn't like you live and die by this like if it doesn't happen like you fail like that doesn't mean you weren't like making your bed today that's you did a great job. Absolutely. That's the number one thing I say. Like, did you do something tiny? Celebrate it, right? Like celebrate making your oh bed, like what, whatever it is, because those things matter. And I don't think we give enough emphasis on those little things. So that's something else I encourage people to do. Take care of themselves is like those small things matter. Like your routine doesn't have to be like waking up, running seven miles, drinking a green smoothie, doing yoga for 20 minutes, right? Like it can be like whatever works for you, but have one. Like I can't emphasize that enough. Have a morning, have a nighttime routine. You don't have to do it every day. You're allowed to be flexible with it, but have one because that is what allows me to get up every day and do my job is by taking care of myself a couple hours in the morning before work and then a couple hours in the evening and that kind of like differs day to day of course depending on like if it's a weekend or a weeknight right but having some structure I think is really important taking care of ourselves yeah so what are some things you do in each one that like people could implement um, you know take what you want leave what you don't how do you what are some tools that you 
you do in your morning and nighttime routines and on the weekends as well. Yeah, I love to disclaim that of take what you <laughs> take what you want, uh, leave what you don't because it's not going to work for everyone. But I go to Orange Theory a couple times a week in the morning, like before work. I never thought I'd be a morning person or especially a morning workout person. But I, when I first started my job, I would sleep in till like literally 8.50 if I had a nine o'clock session because it was on telehealth because I started this job during the pandemic. Um, and that just like wasn't working for me. So I knew that I had to get up an extra hour or two before work in order to give myself that time. Like I come home from the gym and if I'm working from home, I just like chill, right? Like I just, it sounds like silly, but I just like sit on my couch and have my breakfast. I have anything normally before I have anything to do. Yeah. I needed that, right? Like I needed that time because rolling out of bed at 8.50 for my 9 a.m. session, then working till whenever I work till just wasn't working for me. So I had to get up, go to the gym, have my breakfast, like spend a little bit of time with my fiance so that's kind of like what my morning looks like again I don't work out every day like I give myself the rest if I need to but definitely during the week like I I need to get up a little bit early before work in order to give myself me time and then at night like I always after I get off if I'm working from home or if I'm coming home from the office I tell my fiance like you can't talk to me <laughs> for like 30 minutes because I need some decompression compression time and like I can't have the tv on like I need I need like no stimulus right because I've been stimulated all day and so like we um we'll start making dinner but we'll kind of be doing it in silence and then once we're um sitting down as dinner, I'm like okay how was your day like let's talk now and like I know it probably sounds really weird oh, I, love I need, that. I need it like I can't have the tv on I can't be talking to anyone I just need 30 minutes of like decompressing time and then it can be like okay how was your day like tell me what's going on for you and then I'm huge on sleep like we underestimate how powerful sleep is so I try to get like I'm in bed by nine like almost every night like I try to get my eight hours every night because again like sleep is the one time where you can turn off your brain like completely right you can recharge your batteries and so sleepy time tea I'm also Ashley we should <laughs> try to get them as a sponsor because I drink two cups every night um, to try to get me to sleep better which has really helped me and then on the weekends hanging out with my friends like I'm an extrovert so like spending time with the people that I love fills up my cup and yeah so those are some tips and things that I do again won't work for everyone but I found like I have to do those things in order to recharge and be the best I can at my job. Yeah. And in your own personal life, for your fiance, for your family and friends, for yourself. I I agree. I love that. And I, I, and also I think you were like the silence saying like, I think it might be weird, but no, I think it also allows you not only to decompress, but if you or your partner or whoever your kid came home from school that day and like, they're really agitated, like having that like rule so-called rule like or like that time where like take 30 minutes to yourself and we'll talk about it in at dinner at the table and like knowing that we're not going to talk until we're at the dinner table like it allows them to calm down and that way like there's no fighting or there shouldn't be any fighting or screaming or yelling because it's like you've already processed it or begun to process whatever it is and you can sit down and have a more civil conversation so I think I love that I love that tip and yeah I'm big I'm always being stimulated you know, listening to podcasts, listening to music, TV, reading books, social media, like cool. I want to come home and sit in silence and do absolutely nothing for a little while before I have to do something again. So I agree. And I think also with like the morning routine and the weekends, like I'm an extrovert as well. I think I'm an extroverted introvert, but I am very extroverted being, we were talking about this off air. Like I need to be around people, options, things to do, culture, lifestyle, like 
I like having things to do. Like that's what I fills my cup up on the weekends, like going out on the town and like having a good time. But also like, I'm going to be on the couch that day, reading a book or watching TV. Like promise you, you're not getting me up off the couch. It's happening at my moments, but I agree. And also I like to do Melissa Wood Health. I'm not uh, like a gym person. I'm not a cardio person, but you can do however you move your body, just moving your body in general. And I think some people prefer nighttime or like getting it in the middle of the day between meetings. If you know, if you're sitting all day, like that's good for you, like go by all means, go do that. But I agree. I think I don't do it every morning, but when I do do it in the morning, I feel so much better. And it could just be as simple as a 10 minute Pilates, yoga, YouTube workout. It doesn't have to be orange theory. It doesn't have to be a class or anything. Um, So I think those are some really great ones. Ashley, what are your ways, your tools for self-care and especially someone who is a fitness instructor and like that is what you do your day job like how do you find time to do those things that feel good for you and how do you fill up your cup Mm -hmm. I would say my one biggest thing is therapy it almost feels like a superpower to me because when things are stressing me out I know that I can kind of like put it on the shelf and be like, okay, I can take it down on Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm talking to my therapist. I will be able to work through this. I don't have to constantly worry about it for the next week because I know that I'll have that time to actually process it. And then also in the fitness industry, like overworking is such a big thing physically with us as well, because if you're teaching classes or training clients, you're doing those workouts with them. And then also like I have my own fitness goals. So I'm teaching four times a week. And then I'm also lifting three times with a trainer. So basically like seven days a week, I'm at the gym. And that's something I have struggled with and really had to scale back from because I'm like, I have to be at the gym and I have to be so on and happy and like have this different, you know, just have like a little bit more energy during my classes. So if I need to take a day off or not go to the gym, I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk today. I'm just going to stay at home and I have to be okay with that. And it's hard. It's been hard for me not to be hard on myself because when you are working in fitness, like your body is your profession in your business and like how you look, unfortunately, like does play a little bit. That's something I've struggled with. Like, oh, do I not look like a fitness instructor or are people going to come to my classes because they think that I look in shape or fit? So I've had to kind of be careful and work with my therapist about making sure that I'm not over-exercising and not overdoing it. And something that I've talked with other fitness professionals about as well, just like kind of how to balance that. Like if I just need to go for a walk and get a coffee today, like that's fine. If I miss a workout, it's okay because I still have to teach tomorrow. So I'm going to get some movement in. And also working with a dietitian has been like so life-changing for me. I've only been doing it for a little bit, but making sure that I get my food, you know, in line and making sure that I'm getting enough calories every day and like a balanced diet has helped not just my physical health, but my mental health too, because I didn't realize that I was under eating. And it wasn't intentionally, but for how much activity I do, I feel like that's something that was really important for me to make sure that I wasn't like skipping on meals or missing, you know, entire food groups like I was. And then also just having boundaries in general has been so game changing for me. Like if, like I have 
a work party tonight, for example, and I told them straight up before my friends I'm going with, I'm like, I'm not going to drink. Like, I'll DD you guys. It doesn't matter. But I want to come home and chill and watch a movie or whatever and read and feel totally good tomorrow morning. So having those boundaries to say like, yeah, I'm going to leave at 7 p.m. and you're not going to see me again. So if you want to talk to me, like come hang out with me before then, like that's when the bus is leaving, I'm gone. Just having those boundaries to be able to say like, I'm going to make sure, like Emily said, that you get your eight hours plus of sleep and I can kind of have that me time to do the things I enjoy while still working on my obligations has been totally revolutionary because when I would have to do things you know have events before and I was like oh my god I'm dreading this because I'm gonna be there for six hours or even like going to the bars like oh I would be counting down the hours until I could go home because I would just be so so tired I'm like no one's gonna want to leave till 2 a.m but I want to leave at nine because I get super super tired and now just being able to tell my friends like yeah I'll come out for a couple drinks and then I'm going to go home, like I'll Uber, I'll take care of myself, see you guys later, has just been totally game changing. So being able to work on those boundaries in therapy has been like the biggest self-care tip that I could recommend to anyone. No, that's such a good one. I, I'm all about boundary setting as well, not settling. I talked about that earlier. And, and yeah, that's, it, it's hard to set boundaries because, and, and it's hard to stick to them because people aren't going to respect them. But I think it's really important that you do because you know what's best for you. You're the only one at the end of the day. You are the only, you, you are with yourself till the end, no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're running out of time and I wish we could talk more about what you said, you know, working with a dietitian under eating for your activity levels. I struggled with that for sure. Disordered eating. Emily, you struggled with an eating disorder and navigating that. Maybe we'll do a part two, talk more about that, that aspect of it in the future. Cause I would really love to, to, to talk about that. I had a mental, um, a body image expert on when we talk a little bit about the, those two things, eating disorders and disordered eating and the difference and why that happens and all of that. Um, so for anyone listening, that's a good episode to check out as well. But I, loved having this conversation thank you guys so much for coming on can you plug your podcast really fast and you know plug yourselves where can everyone find you guys uh so our podcast is the because we went to therapy podcast and our instagram handle is the same because we went to therapy and same as our website because we went to therapy Um, (laughs) but yeah keeping it simple over here yeah (laughs) i'll link everything in the show notes awesome sounds good thank you thanks kayla 